You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome to the Big Blue Preview uh, presented by SB Nation and Big Blue View. Uh, I am your host, Dan Pizzuta. I am flying solo for this introduction this week. For future reference, I will be joined by Chris Flum, also from Big Blue View, to preview and and review the Giants games each week. I promise for your sake and for mine, uh, these podcasts are not just going to be uh, me talking. A little later in the episode, since we are going to still preview week three against Houston, I will be joined by Rivers McCowan of Football Outsiders and the Athletic Houston, who's going to join me for a little bit. And we're going to talk about what the Texans have been so far and and what we can look for going into Sunday's matchup. But for right now, what I'm going to do is I'll just kind of explain to you guys what what this podcast is going to be. So uh, we're really excited to get this going. What we're going to start with is each week, uh, Chris and I are going to uh, preview each game uh, before they get going, and then we're going to recap each game after it ends. So these will probably be coming to you on the previews around maybe Thursday, Friday. We'll try to get the, the reviews up probably probably sometime on Monday. So it's just going to be us looking forward and looking back and looking into to what's happened on the field. I am a big fan of, of numbers and, and looking at the game that way, uh, but it'll also break down film if, if you've read what I've been doing at Big Blue View over the past couple of years. Uh, and, and Chris is the same. And I know we each week we write the previews for each game, so we're going to be bringing that a little bit into, into audio form. And then eventually we'll we'll be just kind of working this out as we go along. Eventually on this same feed, we're going to get new hosts and and new shows as we go further into the year. But all you have to do is subscribe to uh, the Big Blue View podcast and all of those shows are going to come up uh, on on one feed. It's going to be real exciting. We've wanted to do a, a Big Blue View-centric podcast for a while and we're it's nice to, to have that finally going along. As this is going to be the, the preview podcast, I think it's important since this is technically the first time uh, we're going to be coming to you that uh, we kind of talk about what the Giants have been so far this season. And that has been not great, uh, if, if we're going to be honest. I mean, I think that's what we're going to do. I think we're on this podcast, uh, we're, we're not going to hold back, I think, when, when we see things have been bad. I think that's something we're we're going to bring up, and when things are going well, I think that's also something we're going to talk about. But but right now, Giants, as we sit right now, are zero and two, and the two losses have have not been pretty. They haven't been particularly close. This final score in both games has been kind of closer, but the Giants really haven't been in either one of those games, and that. It kind of looks to be a problem. Some of the issues we saw with the offense last year are, are problems with the offense again this year. So offensive line is is not holding up. You know, you would think maybe one thing if the offensive line 
was just if it was just guys blowing blocks, you know, sometimes sometimes that happens and sometimes you can help with that. But as we saw against Dallas, it's a lot of just kind of missing communications and missing assignments and and not being able to to block simple uh, stunts uh, where either the tackle or or the defensive end is is looping around to confuse the offensive line, and those were just allowing guys to get free. And the Giants are going to be going up against JJ Watt this week. There's going to be a lot of pass rushers on on the schedule uh, going forward that are going to be problems uh, for this offense. So as much as uh, it's still early, and there's five basically new starters. You have Flowers, who is coming back, but is on the right side. That's not exactly that's that's not what you want from from the offensive line. And then behind that, uh, you got pressure coming in the quarterback a lot, and that is that's not making Eli Manning's job very easy. Uh, he's been a little a little gun shy with the amount of pressure he's been facing. We saw that with the amount of the amount of checkdowns and short passes that went to Saquon Barkley uh, against Dallas. So a lot of issues that we've kind of seen with the Giants right now are issues we kind of could have expected uh, coming into, into the season. The offensive line is kind of a mess that's impacting the passing game. It's impacting the running game. Uh, right now, the Giants are 27th in yards per drive on offense and 30th in points per drive on offense. <laughs> you, you really can't win football games like that if there's one thing you can like about this team is is the defense has been getting a little better. They've started off a little shaky. Uh, they let up some big plays in the beginning of games, but right now they're 12th in yards allowed per drive and 12th in points allowed per drive. That's that's nice to see. Also, you haven't really gotten a great offense you've been going against yet. Uh, so So we'll see how that is eventually... Uh, going to go but you're looking at places where this Giants team hasn't gotten a lot of pressure yet and there was some concern with a lack of death behind Olivier Vernon who didn't play in the first two games and you kind of saw without him they're not creating a whole bunch of pressure consistently and that's something especially in a James Betcher defense that you're going to want to see and you would hope happen on a more consistent basis. We've also seen some some deep plays in the secondary. There was a long preseason battle for the free safety position and since no one really stuck out Curtis Riley won that position but there's been some plays that that bombed to Tavon Austin he took kind of a, a bad a bad angle to to cut that off and Austin was able to to run right past him so there's a lot of things that are going wrong that were kind of it's something that you could have guessed when you looked at how the roster was constructed during the offseason. You hope it's going to get better as, as the season progresses, but right now they've dug themselves in an 0-2 hole. And when you look at teams that start 0-2, it's, it's not great. Only, uh, only about 10% of teams who start 0-2 can make the playoffs. And, and that's kind of whether you agreed with it or not, that's kind of what the Giants said they were going to be able to do this offseason. They wanted to try to compete with Manning. That's really what the Giants, they wanted to try for a playoff berth. They thought there was enough top-level talent on this team that they could push toward the playoffs. And that doesn't look like it's going to happen right now. So the Giants, by Football Outsiders uh, numbers right now, they have a 5.6% chance of making the playoffs. That, uh, that's, that's not good. A lot is going to have to go right in the next couple of weeks. And the Giants' schedule over the next couple of weeks, it's not friendly. Over the next couple of weeks, after the Giants are at Houston, 
they're going to play New Orleans at home. They go to Carolina. They host Philly on a Thursday night. Then they go to Atlanta on a Monday night. Uh, then they're home for Washington and then a bye. And then it's at San Francisco. The, even Tampa Bay right now, uh, depending on what we see uh, from that team, is uh, week 11. And then at Philly again, Chicago. This is not an easy schedule. And this could potentially get real ugly for the Giants uh, real quickly. And I'm not sure if they have a plan to, to really counteract what could be a, a season that maybe goes downhill a little quicker than what they were expecting. But right now, uh, this this is what they have, and this is what they went with, and uh, I'm sure we'll eventually, uh, on this show, debate about what they could have or, or should have done. But we'll kind of look at, at what's going on here, and, and they decided to, to stick with Manning. They took Saquon Barkley second overall. They tried to fix the offensive line, but that's, that's a hard thing to do in one offseason. And again, like like I said, some of the weaknesses we saw on this team are weaknesses we could have picked out from what they did in the offseason. But that, that'll be enough for, for what's happened so far. Uh, you can read way more on, on Big Review about uh, what's, what's going on, and I'm sure Chris and I will be talking about it more uh, as this season progresses and, and we get this show uh, going together. But for now, uh, we can we can get to our guest uh, to preview week three. It's going to be the Giants at Houston. And my guest is is Rivers McCowan. Of, uh, he writes for Football Outsiders. Uh, he writes for The Athletic Houston. His latest piece is up on ESPN Plus for uh, teams who are the most unbalanced after, after two weeks. Teams relying the most on offense with bad defenses and teams relying most on defense with bad offenses. It's a very good read if, uh, if you have ESPN+. Plus. Absolutely go, go check that out. So uh, I'm going to bring in Rivers now and, uh, and we're going to talk about what the Giants could be expecting with the Houston Texans this week. Now to talk about the week three matchup against the Houston Texans, I am joined by Rivers McCowan of Football Outsiders and the Athletic Houston. Rivers, thanks for hanging out with us. Hey Dan, thanks for having me. Uh, happy to uh, have you on. So we have these two teams matching up. They're both 0-2. That's not really what you want to be this early in the season. You know, there's been a lot of research and that, that comes out around this time of year, how teams don't really want to be 0-2. But Houston doesn't really seem like those other 0-2 teams. I know if you look at Football Outsiders DVOA, which is basically their team efficiency statistic uh, for those that aren't aware of that, Houston is still 11th in DVOA. So does that team really feel like 0-2 to you? It, it's hard to say that it feels bad, but at the same time, you've just watched your team read every page from the book of the Encyclopedia Self-Destructica for the last two weeks. And it's been really, you know, just, just Bill O'Brien doing everything he can to keep the team from winning. It's been confounding. Uh, it's, you know, it's good to know that they still have a chance. Um, they're still in a division that has some some easy games, but uh, yeah, it's it's not been fun early. <laughs> <laughs> right. So if uh, if we look at those playoff odds, I know I've talked about them a bunch. If you're zero and two, it's only about ten percent of those teams go on to make the playoffs. But Football Outsiders has them at twenty nine point five percent to make the playoffs, which is easily the best of the zero and two teams, and it's actually better than Tennessee, who they just lost to last week. Yeah, um, it turns out that when Blaine Gabbert's your starter, you don't get projected to uh, go very go very well in the DVOA projections. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I could see that. I actually just got finished uh, watching that game right before right before we hopped on, and yeah, having a Blaine Gabbert led team is not something that uh, that it's going to be good. But while we're speaking about quarterbacks, uh, let's talk about Deshaun Watson a little bit. He's coming back from his ACL injury. He looks all right at some points he's been moving around a little bit but efficiency wise I think we knew not going to be near where he was last year throwing touchdowns on nine percent of his attempts but what has Watson uh, looked like to you so far this season I think Watson has shown pretty much the same traits we saw last season he's got this predilection for making um, slightly off target throws uh, it's nothing terrible he's still very aggressive um, I think the offense uh, that Bill O'Brien wants to run and has set up this offseason has done him a disservice because with this offensive line and this uh, set of skill position receivers as stand, things stand right now, it's actually been really difficult for them to get quick hits. Yeah, that is one thing I noticed. And another thing is the read option. I haven't really seen a lot of that in these two games. That was kind of something that was put into the offense last year to to get Watson going a little bit. And it does look like he's a little more comfortable moving around. He's scrambled when he's wanted to. Then against this Giants defense that has looked like they've never seen a read option before. They let that happen in the preseason against the Patriots. Uh, Blake Bortles had that huge gain in the Jaguars game they let Dak run with it a little bit so do you think that might be something Houston puts into the playbook more this week or they try and not to have Watson take those kinds of controlled risks to be honest when Bill O'Brien talks about how he needs to get better it's kind of hard to discern whether he means right now (laughs) or whether he means later so like I could see it either way I could see the Texans scrapping things going back to when they first started Watson that kind of offense I could all see them doing the exact same thing they've done the last two weeks which has been very slow developing very reliant on uh, receivers to win late in the route very reliant on Watson to uh, evade pass rushers and it's not an ideal offense um, I think it could still work against the Giants anyway because <laughs> you know the Giants haven't had a very good pass rush but it's it's not what you want to see if you're a Texas fan So I think another thing these teams have in common is pretty poor offensive lines. That's not something either one of these teams really wanted to see. It's something both of these teams had last year and kind of did something about, but not really. So is there any hope for the Houston uh, offensive line going forward? Sure. I think the middle of the offensive line has looked really well. Um, I think uh, if... Given the given the right amount of time, I think Watson can step up and do some good things in that. The problem for Houston has been on the edges. They have a lot of youth there. They have Martinez Rankin because uh, Sancho Henderson got hurt. They've got Julianne Davenport out there, uh, two guys who, you know, Davenport had less than 500 snaps for the season, and Rankin's a rookie. Um, also, this is kind of important, too, the uh, tight ends and running backs that the Texans have employed have been awful (laughs) as far as chipping blockers as far as helping out in that game Uh, a lot of the sacks that Watson has taken has been on those guys actually so I think there's long-term hope but short-term no (laughs) no All right. I did uh, want to talk a little bit about some of the tight ends. Houston's kind of had a revolving door at tight end trying to figure out what has gone on. I I think I've liked Jordan Aikens, a rookie, 
Uh, is he someone who can kind of step up in the passing game, especially against the Giants, who uh, historically have not been able to cover tight ends, and that seems to be something that's carried over to this season too? I mean, if you look at look at it just at a scouting perspective, absolutely. I think Aikens, uh, you know, he has really good straight line speed. Um, he's not like the most amazing route runner ever, but he can, you know, do these skinny posts. He can hit uh, areas in the zone that uh, the Giants probably will not be covering. Um, I, it's more with him. It's more just about is he going to get to play because the Texans have a, a lot built up to, in this Ryan Griffin thing. Um, I don't know how it's working out for them. He's an okay player in a lot of facets, but doesn't really dominate in any of them. So it's been interesting to see him get a lot of snaps to prove that uh, he's got some deficiencies this year. While we uh, stay on the offense for a little bit, how important is Will Fuller to this offense? I know once he kind of came in last week, it seemed like Watson was quicker to to go downfield and and Fuller was open. Does he really open up the offense and allow Watson to to take more shots downfield? He opens up the offense and that he uh, will will get that deep safety kind of shading his way, which will help Hopkins out. Um, I don't think in general that Will Fuller is like, I don't know, like a top 20 receiver or anything. Right. He's, he's, he's good. He's, he's pretty good. But uh, I think where he makes his money for the Texans is that they have nothing behind him at all. They have like Sammy Coates playing in week one, <laughs> like extended snaps. And that's, that's never a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you're, uh, you're talking to, to a Giants team that, had who knows running out at wide receiver last year after after Odell went down and Sterling Shepard missed time uh it was it was a lot of Roger Lewis and and a lot of guys not on NFL rosters anymore uh, but uh let's jump over to the to the defensive side of the ball where there's there's a lot of playmakers that seems like they're maybe on the cusp of making a lot of plays I mean JJ Watts back he has a forced fumble and two QB hits and two tackles for loss in two games but he hasn't really made that JJ Watt impact it seems and kind of the same thing with Clowney he seems to be close to making plays so is that something that's that's encouraging to see for this defense I think Watt was winning a lot last Sunday. Um, the Titans had a very specific game plan where Gabbert got a lot of his yards rolling out. Gabbert got a lot of his yards on screens. But if you watch them, they're very hesitant to drop him back. And because of that, Watt didn't really get you know the impact stats. They ran away from him, uh, whatnot. For Clowney, uh, he didn't play last week. He's been you know kind of dinged up. He's been recovering from a scope in the offseason. So it's hard for me to say that he's going to be, you know, instantly back, instantly ready to play well. He's obviously got the talent. He's an amazing talent. But uh, if he's healthy or not remains to be seen. Yeah, that's that seems to be what uh, what his career has kind of been so far, which is which is a little upsetting. It's uh, kind of a little bit maybe like a JCB or Paul for for the Giants impact when he's there, not always healthy in that case. Uh, can we talk about uh, DJ Reader a little bit? He's someone who's really stood out and it looks to be making an impact on on the interior of that line. Yeah, DJ Reader is a, a guy with a rare, rare uh, speed for his size, uh, gets a lot of good leverage, has been probably the Texas' most consistent defensive lineman this year. Even against New England in week one, he was shining in the first half where Watt was struggling a little bit. Um, you know, the Texans have a lot of cap space. 
uh, coming up next offseason. And I think signing him to an extension is going to be a priority for them. Yeah, it, it seems like it. And I think one thing we've seen is is be able to uh, to create some pressure and and get uh, some disruption in that interior. Really kind of opens up things for for some other parts of the defensive line. But when we go into the secondary here for Houston, uh, so over the offseason, I, I looked at some some Z-scores for the way teams uh, spend money on certain positions. And what surprised me is I broke it down by position. And at quarterback, Houston actually came up with the top Z-score. It was the lowest of all positions, but I was kind of surprised to see Houston was kind of so much of an outlier at corner. But right now through two games, Houston is 23rd in DVOA uh, against the pass. Is there something where the talent is not living up to what it can be or is there something that just might kind of be wrong with the secondary right now well in game one kevin johnson got torched um he was coming off concussion in the preseason got concussed again in the game so he's done now uh texans have had kind of a makeshift uh, secondary as far as depth has gone they had cream jackson starting at safety at the in week one moved him to corner in week two so, like, you know, he's kind of been roving around back here because the Texans don't have a whole lot on, on the outside right now. Uh, I think they had really high hopes for Johnson. Um, obviously, getting hurt, not good. But also, even when he was playing, he wasn't playing very well either. I think wide receiver two is going to be a hard thing for the Texans to stop over the course of the season this year. And, uh, you know, Jonathan Joseph on the outside still, you know, has his guts, has his guile, is still a very smart cornerback. But uh, outside of him, they don't really have a lot of that position right now. So at safety, Tyron Matthew seems to have been making a bit of an impact through the first two games. Um, How big of an addition has he been to that secondary that you said hasn't been as great uh, on the outside? (laughs) Well, as a Texans fan, you have to understand that what we've been through safety-wise over the years (laughs) has been anywhere from abysmal to cataclysmic. Uh, it was basically like four good years of Glover Quinn, some Daniel Manning mixed in, and, and everybody else has been either garbage or bad or such an amazing disappointment like Ed Reed was. That uh, it, It's nice to have Tyron Matthew. I don't think he's been like uh, – <laughs> I don't think he's been like ridiculously impacting games or anything, but just having somebody who's steady, somebody who actually is smart, uh, adjust play calls, like uh, it's a big addition. Yeah, that uh, does seem to be nice to have. You know, the, the Giants don't really have that at free safety, uh, which which would be nice. Uh, Landon Collins is a, is a nice guy to have, but having someone who can who can cover a little bit and cover some slot corners would have been nice to see him in a in a James Betcher defense again. But what so hold, the... on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. How how does your owner feel about uh, players that kneel? Because <laughs> I know a good safety who's available. Uh, yeah, so that's something I've brought up. <laughs> Uh, a lot. It it seems weird to me because Olivier Vernon has been one of those guys, um, but I, I don't know if there's a, some kind of difference in their mind between someone who has already been on the team and someone they're bringing in. But yeah, Eric Reed would be perfect for this defense. Having him be able to to line up deep and cover. He even played some linebacker last year for San Francisco, even though I was out of position, but he can also cover the slot. Uh, I've been fully on the the Giants should sign Eric Reed uh, for pretty much the entire offseason, and I still stand by that now. 
Uh, pretty much every team should have by now, so it's okay. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Uh, the Texans have Justin Reed, his brother, at, at safety right now, so that's been interesting to <laughs> you know, speculate about, but obviously nothing's happened, and it doesn't look like anything will. Right, and uh, Justin's actually a guy I, I really liked and thought could have fit in uh, in that veteran-type scheme. How has he been looking so far? Has he played that much? Uh, after Kareem Jackson shifted to cornerback, he got the start last week. He's been all right. Uh, I wouldn't say that he's blowing anybody away, but uh, obviously he's a rookie, <laughs> rookie safety, and that comes with a lot of uh, learning experiences. So <laughs> definitely has, has shown the flashes of talent, though. Right. Okay, uh, so before I let you go, uh, one more thing I want to get into, uh, which I do apologize for bringing up, is Bill O'Brien's game management, which I think we can nicely say hasn't been great. Um, I think what, what comes to mind is, is that, last, that last drive against New England uh, in, in the first half. He was real conservative when they had the ball. He doesn't call the timeout after the Gronkowski catch or not catch when he had three timeouts and less than a minute left. When That's one time when burning a timeout probably wasn't going to matter all that much. And then New England comes back and scores. Uh, and I know he did something similar uh, last year against New England. I actually wrote about some of the conservative and bad game management decisions he had that probably cost them the game last year. So how much is that really impacting the team and, and how far can this team go with him as a head coach? It's, it's you know, it's the, it's the straw that stirs the own to drink right now. Um, he's been, from, from an offensive management standpoint, it's been really tough to watch. From a game management perspective, every week it's something elementary. And the thing that's most frustrating about this is Bill O'Brien fired his offensive coordinator two years ago, and he is now the offensive coordinator too. So he's taking on all these different roles, wearing all these hats, and it seems like from the outside, it'd be very easy to just be like, hey, maybe if I'm messing up everything that a coach should ever do as a head coach, <laughs> I should find an offensive coordinator to take that off my plate, and maybe I can focus on actually being a good head coach. But no, 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 no. Don't want to don't want to jump to conclusions now. Um, <laughs> it's 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 maddening, and you know, if if Bill O'Brien can step out of his own way, this is a playoff team. It has one of the best talent cores in the NFL, but uh, as we've seen so far, <laughs> he can't <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's uh, that's something to watch. It seems like it might be a game of very questionable situational management uh, between Bill O'Brien and what we've seen of Pat Shermer so far this season. Some some fourth down decisions that have been uh, suboptimal, to say the least. Yeah, the over under on uh, fourth and four punts on the other side of the field is two point five. That's going to be super fun to watch. I am <laughs> excited. Um, so, Rivers, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if people want to follow along with you, uh, where can they find you? Uh, best place to find me is on Twitter, uh, at Rivers McCowan, uh, M-C-C-O-W-N. I know there are a lot of people who like to throw an extra E or an A in there. Uh, doesn't happen. And everywhere, every time I post something, it goes up right on Twitter and uh, link out to it. Happy to take questions, discuss things with people, and uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate your time, and uh, hopefully talk to you soon. Take care. 
So thank you again to Rivers for joining me and breaking down what we can expect to see from Houston this weekend. Check out his work at a couple different places. Uh, definitely check out Football Outsiders. They have great stats you can go into. I definitely would not be doing what I'm doing right now if it was not for finding Football Outsiders. Check out uh, Football Outsiders Almanac. They break down just about everything uh, you can think of. Uh, it's a great off-season read, something I look for every year, but definitely even still worth it uh, this early in the season to take a look back and, and see what they said about the season coming up. So that's going to be it for, for this week. Subscribe to this podcast. Everything we we bring, the, the preview show, the review show, any shows that come in the future are going to all be on this one feed. So all you have to do is subscribe here. Uh, so please do that and you won't miss anything we bring you uh, for the rest of the year. So you can uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dan Pizzuta. Uh, you can read a whole bunch of good work going up right now at Big Woo View. And I'm going to be joined by Chris for the, for the review show uh, when we'll talk about what actually happened uh, against the Texans. So uh, thank you for listening and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play, brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories, like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0. Or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond... The world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts. more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.